Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. I hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday evening. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York City. Wherever you're listening from, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Paul Rowley and I am your host for this evening. Our show here on Radio Gag is focused on the gun violence epidemic and what we are doing as an activist group of LGBTQ people and our allies to end this epidemic of gun violence in America. And now for some news. Mark and Patricia McCluskey, the white couple from St. Louis who pointed their guns at Black Lives Matter protesters in June, have been invited to speak at the Republican convention. The couple, you may remember, came to national attention brandishing arms at people protesting police brutality and the killing of George Floyd. Never one to shy away from opportunistically inflaming racial tensions, the current sitting president tweeted a video of the confrontation while rambling on about keeping the suburbs free from minorities and lower income housing. The McCluskey's appearance is most likely an attempt to rally the pro-Second Amendment and NRA supporters to the polls in November. The NRA, remember, gave the current sitting president $30 million to help get him elected in 2016. A lawyer for the McCluskey's confirming they would be part of a live video presentation said, My clients will fight to their death. And once again, we find ourselves wondering why in America we tie our national identity so close to inanimate objects, weapons of death, I thought. Here in New York, we continue to see a terrifying uptick in gun violence. 49 people were shot over the course of 72 hours between Thursday and Saturday, compared to eight shooting victims in the same period last year. All told, there have been almost 1,100 shooting victims over almost 900 incidents this year, compared to 600 victims and 488 incidents last year. As we've reported in Radio Gag, these firearms are travelling up what is called the Iron Pipeline. Guns are bought in states with lax gun laws and then trafficked into states with stricter laws like we have here in New York. Local anti-gun violence advocates are calling for increased funding to cure violence groups. These are groups that function by placing community members on the ground to mediate violence before it happens and to prevent retaliation after. I've Charles of Save Our Streets Brooklyn, a wonderful local organisation, said, I always have to say to folks we have 36,000 police officers and about 300 cure violence workers. But some good news, the Queen's District Attorney's Office is teaming up with local churches in the borough to hold gun buybacks this month. They held their first buyback this past Saturday. And how it works is anyone who surrenders a working gun at, either, at any of these events will receive a $200 bank card. No questions asked. No ID required, said Queen's District Attorney Melinda Katz. There's a, another buyback this Saturday at Macedonia Baptist Church. That's at 330 Beach 67th Street in Arverne from 10am to 4pm this Saturday. Way to go, Melinda Katz. For our In Memoriam this week, I wanted to just change things up a little bit. I wanted to read out a list of places for you folks. Just take a listen. Suffolk Manor Apartments, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Watts Drive, Bakersfield, California. Villa Rodriguez, San Antonio, Texas. North 34th Street, Waco, Texas. East Walnut Street, Decatur, Illinois. Huntington Avenue, Worcester, Massachusetts. Bassett Drive, Montgomery, Alabama. East Madison Street, Philadelphia. North Germantown Parkway, 
Cordova, Tennessee, South Armour Drive, Wichita, Kansas, Northwest Anderson Road, Avon Park, Florida, North Texas Boulevard, Waslaco, Texas, Jules Avenue in New Orleans, Congress Street, South St. Paul, Minnesota, South Trumbull Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, East Broad Street, Richmond, Virginia. At each of these locations, someone lost their life to a gun yesterday. And on County Road, Dayton, Texas, three were shot dead. Misty Herndon, a mother and a grandmother, was shot and killed by her ex-partner. The 41-year-old man also shot and killed two other men in the vicinity. He then shot two more neighbours. The man then hid in the woods until apprehended by the police. Misty had recently broken up with her ex. Single again. Look out, here I come, ladies, she announced on Facebook last June. My name is Kathy Marino Thomas, and I listen to Radio Gag weekly on Tuesday nights at 6.30. I listen to Radio Gag to get the most current news and outlook on the gun violence epidemic in America. I'm also a mom, and I appreciate WBAI's coverage of the current pandemic and school closing. Become a WBAI buddy. Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show on listener-sponsored WBAI. And this week we have a special focus on art and activism, how creativity helps implement political change. We're absolutely thrilled to have on the show this week Christy O'Connor. Christy's a curator who has just put together an incredible exhibition that opened last Friday in New Jersey called Thoughts and Prayers, Another Round of Vacant Stairs. Christy, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Thoughts and Prayers, Vacant Stairs. Do you want to tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on with this exhibition? Yeah, so um, this exhibition is a, um, a general analysis of American gun culture. And uh, I came up with um, the exhibition title specifically because um, after every single shooting, you hear that same phrase over and over again. And it just has become such an empty, blanketed statement. And it's just become so meaningless at this point. But at the same time... Uh, we have, um, you know, a lot, a lot of um, people who support gun culture, who just treat it almost like a religion as itself, in a way. And it's, it's just like this meaningless cycle for me. And it's sometimes very difficult to even try to begin a dialogue and a conversation with anyone on this topic anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we certainly know that very well here at Gays Against Guns. Trying to have those conversations with people is, is you're often met with a brick wall. So, but here we're trying to have this conversation through art. So how do you think that we can, you know, break that wall down or, or get into people's, you know, minds or understanding through art? So I, I kind of feel, especially as an artist and as an arts curator, 
um, it's it's sometimes a little less difficult to have those conversations through the through the visual, um, you know, component that art brings and the emotional component that it brings, and you might not necessarily agree with uh, agree with the um, the message that artwork is sending out to you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not taking it in and having an emotion about it, you know, maybe reevaluating it in your own, in your own mind, if, you know, whether you agree or disagree with something, you're just exposing yourself to it in a new way. And I feel like art in a way is a little less trying to push an idea on someone. Whereas my telling someone, Hey, we should have this conversation is met with that brick wall. Like you said, whereas if it's visually put in someone's space, they might actually take the time to consume it and may reevaluate it. People become less defensive about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. As you know, as in addition to hosting this show and being a gag member, I'm also a visual artist and a filmmaker. And, you know, it's really true what they say that a picture counts for a thousand words. You know, it's like I know personally the images things I've seen resonate with me years afterwards. But the dialogues that we have around gun violence in this country seem just really linguistically combative, right? You know, it's yeah. like, you know, just looking at the artworks, you know, we had a, this, um, this virtual gallery opening on Friday, which was so fantastic. And so many of the artists participated in this big group Zoom chat and you had a camera roving around the gallery. And it was so interesting to see all these different takes from the artists on how they feel they can visually convey their anguish, their rage, their frustration, their connectedness, whatever it is, through their artworks. It was, it was fantastic to see. Do you, do you want to talk us through like, the process of how you collected these artists? Yeah, so um, this exhibition was partially an open call to artists where artists could apply to be a part of the exhibit, and it was partially an invitational exhibition. There were some artists whose work that, that I knew and some artists that I knew personally that I knew I wanted to be in the exhibition. I knew their work. Um, so, some of them worked specifically in the topic of gun violence, and that's what they, that was their major focus of large bodies of their work. Some some artists I, I met for the first time through this open call as well. And the, the striking thing about all of these artists is most of them created their pieces in response to um, an experience of, you know, seeing or hearing about one of these shootings or a response to, you know, their own, how they were affected personally by gun violence as well. It's just striking how many, how many of us are affected by it. Even if we are not personally affected by it, by an instance of gun violence, it does affect us. And just being aware of, you know, mass shootings and, and the uptick in, in gun violence in cities, it, 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 like, and hearing about it, it just... Um, it really does, I think, affect the psyche. There's a, a feeling of helplessness involved in it. And a, a lot of times with art and artists, our activism is our artwork. And um, we're able to gain control through our artwork. And so that's what's important to me when it comes to creating a dialogue and also just you know finding, finding power where you feel powerless. Such powerful work in this exhibition, Christy. Yeah, there's um, 
there, there, like I said, there's, and there's a large diversity of, of artwork too. There's sculpture, photography, um, assemblage, assemblage pieces. And another thing about the artwork is um, a lot of it centers around children, which I, I really do think is important because children are really affected by this, not, not just through mass school shootings, but in, in other environments as well. It's kind of scary for me to, to know that in some communities, children are being indoctrinated into gun culture. I actually have a, my sister and brother-in-law, they, are, they really in, in, enjoy guns a little too much for my liking. And they bring my, my niece and nephew to the gun range on a regular basis. And I find it I find it very heartbreaking and scary for me. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, just as we were saying earlier, you know, the power of the image of a painting of a sculpture to really have a long lasting effect on people. So too with images of violence, these images that we see and these stories that we hear day in, day out in this country, where there's basically a mass shooting every day in America right now, the influence of that on young kids. I mean, I just don't understand why anybody would want to expose their children to, to that. In addition to what we already have to put up with in the news, you know? Yeah, and, that, and that's another thing with this whole this whole um, dichotomy of this uh, powerful versus powerlessness feeling that I think guns bring to us as a society. Like I said, as artists, we can, we can try to control that feeling of powerlessness through our artwork. Um, but, you know, I, I know people who, who have guns and enjoy their guns and they they tell me specifically that they feel powerful when they're using it and at the same time I think to myself but that makes that makes me feel like I'm powerless against against it in a way yeah I know of course the irony the facts of it is that if you own a gun you're I think the current stats are something like four to five times more likely to get shot than somebody who doesn't Mm. own a gun you know so you know you have this sense of being powerful but actually pushing yourself and your family in way more danger yeah and to go back to the the diversity of works in the show i mean it went like you say it went from sculpture to painting photography video such you know really really great stuff what, what are some of the pieces that um that you want to talk about um i know it's hard for our listeners to to <laughs> you know picture these but yeah. you know um, I mean, there was the the schoolroom that the English artist had created out of paper, which is so amazing. Um, yeah, so that that's Pam Cooper, and she is a mixed media um, artist. She makes all of her own paper, so all oh, of the wow. all, all paper. It, it's a it's a it, it's a life sized installation of the schoolroom. Um, and there's benches that she made and a bookshelf that she made. Everything in, in, in that um, installation she made. And um, it's a combination of photo transfer, abaca paper, uh, these life-sized school children kind of, um, you would compare the imagery to like um, those, those classic Dick and Jane books from the from the 1950s yeah <laughs> um that, that's kind of what the what the children look like and they're life-sized on these like cardboard cutouts so that they look like paper dolls in a way that really got me looking at this artwork was the the school bags that she had made all hanging yes so oh my god it's just heartbreaking you know you're thinking about now they're trying to profit off the school shootings by manufacturing bulletproof backpacks you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's crazy 
And there were, you know, there were works that really spoke to all the various, you know, groups of people in our society that get impacted. There was a piece with the Tree of Life synagogue massacre. There were many pieces about um, the impact of gun violence on our African-American communities. And, on, and then, of course, Gays Against Guns have some of their protest art in the exhibition as well. Such a range of people. It just really strikes you when you look at all the works together in one space. Yeah, um, and I, I, I tried very hard to make sure that um, I had a, I was representing as many groups of people as possible in that ex, in this exhibition because again it affects all of us and it affects us in different ways. It was everyone's collective experiences being expressed in this exhibition. Yeah, well, that's the wonderful thing about about art is really brings people together. You're going to have a video you were saying um, online. Um, some of the artist talks, perhaps? Yes. So um, I'm working on editing the opening reception so that um, so that'll be up on YouTube uh, probably by the end of the week. Great. And I'm also um, beginning to do individual art. Well, I have my first one this afternoon, actually. Oh, fantastic. It, it'll be in-depth looks at each individual's uh, piece in, in the exhibit, along with, um, you know, additional more information about each artist as well yeah and their practice so how do people get to see all these works so i have a website it's called arthustle.net it's um it's www.arthustle.net on the landing page you just click on the current exhibition and it brings you to um, the exhibition description and in there you can go you can click to schedule a tour uh, you need to schedule 48 hours in advance so that... Um, you mean an actual physical visit to the gallery? Yes, you can do an actual physical visit to the gallery to schedule a tour, okay. um, which is located in Matawan, New Jersey, uh, called Shishama is the name of the space. And I know you're located in New York. For those of you, uh, Shishama is a nonprofit arts organization that's based in New York. We are the only New Jersey location. And they are, um, their mission is to create spaces for artists to make and create and present in affordable ways. Right. Um, I highly recommend looking them up. I know um, they, they provide studio spaces, residencies, and gallery spaces as well. They are shishama.org. It's C-H-A-S-H-A-M-A.org. Okay, they sound fantastic. And then in addition, if people can't make it out to Matawan, they can also pretty much see the entire exhibition online, right? Yes. Um, so basically, there are two ways to see the exhibition, which is the first way is to schedule a tour uh, to come to Matawan, New Jersey, or you can click view virtual exhibition and it brings you into this virtual exhibition space. It's a completely different experience than being in the physical space, um, but it's still a good experience. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun, yeah. And then there's also some digital media on the website as well. People can get on, get on there and look at videos. And Yes, there are um, two artists that are featured on the um on the digital media section of the website. And then the rest is all dedicated to uh, the con contributions that Gays Against Guns gave, gave to us for the exhibition, including Nupal. Um, one of the digital videos is a music video by a band named uh, Joy on Fire. 
And another is an animation by Cheryl Gross and Nikkel Davis, which I highly recommend everyone oh, it's watch. Fantastic! It's so good with the with the poem company, the images. Yeah, it's really. And people can just go right onto the website arthustle.net and see that animation. And how long is the exhibition up for? The exhibition runs until September 19th, and you can schedule an appointment any any day of the week to to visit us uh, from 12 to 4. Fine, yeah. And they just do that through the website, do they? Yes. So, and any other ways that our listeners need to know about how they can get in touch with you and follow follow your work, Christine? Yeah, so you can also go on my Instagram at Art Hustle New Jersey, um, A-R-T-H-U-S-T-L-E-N-J. And that's also my Facebook page as well. And that will get, share updates on um, any any updates with the, this exhibition or upcoming opportunities in the future as well. Well, Christy, thank you so much for coming on to the show and sharing all this with our listeners. Congratulations on a wonderful exhibition. And thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to shine the light on the gun violence epidemic through the work of all these incredible artists. I just want to thank you so much, Paul, for this opportunity to to share it with you. And thank you for being a part of the exhibition. And I just want to thank um, everyone involved with Gays Against Guns that is participating. You're, it's a wonderful organization. Thank you so much, Paul. This was great. Yeah, wonderful to chat, Christian. Hope yes. the show goes great for you. Thank you so much. Well, that's about all we have time for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. To find out more about Gays Against Guns, find us on Instagram, on Facebook, that's Gays Against Guns NY, or on Twitter, GagNoGuns, or GaysAgainstGuns.net. Do consider becoming a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. We know you listen in every week, and we can sure use the help right now. And we are going to sing you out with our political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise and Mark Stroh, Mark Lydorf, with a very timely message about the current assault on our postal service. Take it away, Mark. Oh, yeah, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, 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 Mr. Postman. Please, Mr. Postman, look and see. a long time is he committing another high crime 2020 election day cause of COVID we're staying away but Mr. Postman the GOP they make a mock a democracy he's afraid of us voting Mr. Postman so